The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. Now to developments overnight. OpenAI, the company that launched ChatGPT a year ago, has dismissed the CEO, Sam Altman. Altman got a lot of attention with the release of the artificial intelligence chatbot that provides human-level content in seconds for things like poems, artwork, some, some dodgy, some not, some okay. What is this dismissal of Altman all about? We're joined by Liz Carlin, founder of Digital Action. Liz, it only happened uh, late yesterday evening and it was very sudden. The board basically said, accused uh, Altman of not being candid with them. Yeah, real drama overnight, and um, uh, I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall in some of the some of the pubs around Silicon Valley or probably the WhatsApp groups. There was um, a, a letter released last night, um, our time, uh, I think late afternoon in in California, um, just dismissing uh, Sam Altman from his role and saying he was not consistently candid in his communications with the board and that they had lost confidence in him. So a real dramatic turn of events and kind of reporting coming out on this is suggesting that he was only informed minutes, maybe up to a half an hour before, as well as uh, some of the major stockholders, you know, the major um, kind of investors in the company. And Microsoft Microsoft is a very big investor there. And there was some suggestion that Microsoft themselves, uh, who've pumped a lot of money into the business, would have only found out minutes beforehand. I would imagine under stock exchange rules that no one shareholder can be told price sensitive information ahead of others. So that may be part of the the reason as to why there wouldn't be uh, further notice there. But the the board did say that this, this came about following a deliberative review. So they obviously had some reason to check something out and looked at it closely and then all of a sudden the decision was made very quickly. Yeah, there's not a lot of information coming out about um, about the, you know, beyond what we've seen in kind of official press releases and even um, Sam Altman himself is taking a very... Uh, very Silicon Valley, very positive tone, uh, you know, onto the next great big thing in terms of his public disclosures. Um, but for someone like Microsoft, who has 13 billion, like with a B, um, invested in this company, it's a huge change. And Sam himself, um, he's, you know, obviously has been the CEO of this company, um, but he's also become kind of the global spokesperson for this new artificial, especially, you know, uh, generative artificial intelligence. Um, um, you know, he's met with 10 heads of state uh, over the last year um, and had a lot of influence on, on policy. And it's worth noting that a co-founder, Greg Brockman, um, part of the announcement was that he would be stepping down as chair. And since then, he has now said he's he's leaving. Uh, he's re- stepping down altogether from the company, it seems. But on the question of AI, and it raises enormous commercial potential and it raises enormous ethical issues. Where is Altman perceived in that sort of pendulum between the commercial opportunity and the ethical issues? Was he seen, was he seen as very much on the commercial side or somewhere in between or how is he perceived? Yeah, so um, Sam, Alt- Sam Altman's a really interesting character. He has a background as president of Y Combinator, which is this, um, you know, kind of famous incubation hub in Silicon Valley for new startups. It really kind of pioneered that culture that we all know of the, you know, fake it till you make it, buy, you know, um, a, a sell an idea and then figure out kind of how, how to make it, how to make it a, a reality. So very commercial. Very, very commercial. Um, but he has also been a part of this move among tech leaders 
um, to try and sort of, you know, what they would call warn um, about the existential risks of AI. So, you know, kind of jumping straight ahead to this idea of the robots taking over, kind of like sci-fi futures. Um, Some, you know, people who are embedded in the day-to-day of looking at, well, what are the impacts of this tech now, um, can look at that as, you know, well, is that a distraction from the impacts of this technology on things like, um, you know, just jobs is, is, is sort of one of the more obvious ones, but also in terms of uh, the information environment, in terms of, um, you know, the ability to generate huge amounts of content, you know, um, at scale. And when you look at the pace of change and development around AI, I mean, people are talking about elections in Argentina as being the first AI election. What do they mean by that? That's right. Yeah, the New York Times had that this week. And so, you know, this is the first, one of the first major global elections since the this tech became very mainstream, which is only about 12 months ago. Um, and in that election, we saw really cool uses of it. So candidates being able to create, um, you know, fun, um, clearly, you know, artistic um, posters or kind of content. But we also saw, you know, some of this um, fears around deepfakes or around the ability to create videos of your opponents. So there was one where, you know, he was, uh, this guy's opponent was in Clockwork Orange, right? But then there was another one where they had basically faked a video of this person talking about the the market for human organ, you know, um, human organ sales. So it was the first kind of election where I think some of this came in. And obviously here in Ireland next year, we're going to have somewhere between two and potentially five or six, you know, votes um, between the locals, uh, the Europeans, maybe the doll, maybe a couple of referenda. And so I think it's time for us to start thinking about do we need to have some sort of set of agreements among parties about how we're going to use that here? Because the law is never going to catch up. And the US presidential election the will US be coming president, up. That yeah. will be the big one in relation to potential AI use or misuse. Exactly. And, um, you know, in the US, you have the added component of just a huge amount of investment and money which is spent and also that culture of attack um, campaigning and negative campaigning, which we don't really have here in Ireland. I mean, a part of it is our voting system means you're always looking for a second or third or fourth preference. So, you know, we have some of these kind of incentives to not get into that more negative campaigning. But I do think um, there's a chance actually for, for Ireland to think about, well, how can we be at the forefront of this and thinking about minimum standards for candidates? that it's in for parties. Assessing the implications of the Altman uh, exit uh, for all of these things, it's it's difficult to know because we don't really know what the circumstances were as to why he was dismissed. But when you look at the wider AI issue, this idea of artificial general intelligence, AGI, and whoever is going to be able to develop that, that's the kind of commercial holy grail of this, isn't it? Yeah, the I mean the the potential for this to truly transform um, every area of life is I, I I think it's it's not even in line with you know some of the previous evolutions that we've seen in at least in kind of um, uh, like technology as as we kind of know it now it really has the potential to be very very transformative um, I think you know one of the patterns that we've seen over the last ten years in sort of twenty years in in um, in tech innovation is it's very very hard for um, regulation for government, for policy, even for kind of citizens to keep up with that. Um, and I think this is really going to challenge how we think about um, brand new technology, which is very much aligned with 
frankly, a small group of people living in the same town who have a particular set of values and experience and interests. Um, you know, how do we make sure that it's for the public interest, right? That it's for that it's 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 contributing to to, to society and making all our lives better. Just very briefly. Uh, Xi Jinping, Chinese uh, president, was in America, standing ovation from an awful lot of tech mm. uh, billionaire types like Elon Musk and all of that. Is is there sort of a, a new um, warmth in the relationship there that might affect things like the chip industry? Yeah, so I mean, 1.4 billion people in, in China, um, a lot of people want to be selling them goods and products and electric vehicles or whatever it is. So it's it's a huge market and, and um, uh, President Xi like, em- emphasised that in his speech as well. Um, but I think, you know, we, we can often forget that um, the, like a lot of this tech, like a lot of the internet, we talk about the cloud, the cloud is data centers it's <laughs> it's you know it's um it's it's chips and um taiwan uh, produces 90% of the um of the kind of most advanced um you know physical hardware um that we need in order to sort of keep technology so going so anything so, that takes the heat exactly. out of the issue diplomatically around taiwan mm-hmm. i'm sure will be seen as a bit of a relief by the sector uh, liz carlin uh founder of digital action it looks like we'll probably find out a lot more about the background to this sam altman story uh, in the Hours, but thank you very much for joining us on the program.